Commercial Cash Flow Show. So one of the questions that came, that, that, uh, came across is, what is an AIA contract? Um, as most of you may know, it, it's American Institute of Architects, and it's basically a it's an organization that was created by architects to standardize contract or, or uh, contracting as it relates to projects. Uh, the significance of it as a subcontractor is that you are uh, given a certain set of stipulations as to how you get your money. Now, um, there is a process that you go through when the, when, when, the, when the contract is done. Let me take a step back for a second. The, the AIA is a standardized contract by this organization. What's the difference between that and a regular contract? Regular contract is two people coming to terms. Any, anything can be a contract, mm -hmm. obviously. Any agreement, it's, it fits the um, four corners of the contract, obviously. Sure. Uh, but typical paper contract, non-AIA, would be two parties or more than two parties coming together to right. have amicable terms. Now, I don't want to get into and preface this. We're not attorneys. Neither one of us are licensed Do attorneys. consult with a licensed attorney at law, not an attorney, in fact, uh, before entering into a contract that you feel a little bit uh, to address your, your specific concerned needs with needs and circumstances. The other uh, some of the some of the, the the positives of an AIA contract is you know what like what you were talking about where it's kind of two two people coming together to um, you know agree on something and sometimes that works out and, and sometimes it can whereas the AIA is standardized verbiage really the only thing you're changing are where you're doing the work how much you're gonna get, gonna get paid and who are the players involved but all the verbiage verbiage. And forms are standardized. Is standardized as well as the process and how contractors get paid, any grievance services or grievance uh, applications or what have you. Um, so, and it's customizable to your to your specific project. Um, it allows you to set retainage for a specific amount that isn't oftentimes included in you know a two-party contract uh, sometimes that might happen but more often than not, more often than not it doesn't whereas with an AIA it's it's kind of given it's going to happen uh, with the interest of uh, protecting the, uh, the the architects now it's also been my experience that um, the AIAs can be expensive um, there's retainage by default you know, if you've got a contract between you and whomever and you don't want to get into a retainage thing, maybe it's, you know, 10% up front, pay me when I'm finished, whereas the retainage is just going to happen right off the bat and that money's being held from you uh, being the person performing the services until the AIA contract uh, aspects are satisfied. Yeah. So, so there is that that drawback, and it might, it might also limit you as a subcontract subcontractor uh, access to certain information about the project. This is true. In a former life, I did quite a few AIA contracts, and the G seven hundred three, the scope of work, uh, all standardized. Right, you submit your however the however the mm -hmm. master contracts written. You submit your billings that month and they pay out the following month after architectural approval. The difference also is you're probably going to be required to do prevailing wage 
um, yes, uh, that's on, the, on these type of contracts. Especially important when you're dealing with states that might have a prevailing wage that's significantly higher from maybe your headquarters. Exactly. That's what I was going to get at. If you're going into an AIA contract, it is... I, I I haven't personally dealt with one that wasn't prevailing wage because that, that comes with the territory. So if you know you're bidding a job that's an AIA job, be sure to check the prevailing wage for the labor positions that you have under you. I know when I was doing concrete, they consider a form setter, a... Um, a lumber specialist, right? Uh, that's what that's what it, they did on a project. Right. And the federal, I was doing government work, the federal AIA prevailing wage for a form setter in concrete was like three or four times what, what the local earning, yeah. the local wage was. So that can really throw your contract numerics. And also, if you don't have an accounting system or a payroll or a contracting system that's set up for those numerics, those numbers can go real crazy real quick. And you're trying to put the worms back in the can uh, whenever it comes time to produce the documentation. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. If you had to do it all over again, you know, given that was what, what you've done in the past, you've got some experience with it um, and, you know, in the line, what, what you're doing now. Would you, what, what's your preference? Would you do an AIA? Would you do a, a, a one-off contract, you know, private party or? If you're going for the type of work that I was doing, you have no choice but to do AIA. Okay. Um, county, city, municipal, state, federal, uh, yes. uh, military. But it, all things equal, if I was given an opportunity. Given a choice between. Given the, the choice, I would absolutely go for the non-AIA contract. Reason being is I'm a little older, a little bit more accustomed to reading contracts these days. Read every page, pass it by an attorney. Um, There could be a clause in there on page 37 of 258 that it, 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 and you know what I find? A lot of the issuing parties of contracts, uh, let's say prime contractor, general contractor, A lot of the clauses in their contracts may not be legally binding, but they're there and they'll scare the hell out of you whenever it comes time to enforce those. Uh, A lot of those clauses have already been proven to not adhere to UCC, uh, Universal Commercial Code, for it's not mutually, it's not not a mutual aspect of a contract, so it's a one-way clause meant to wrangle someone in. However, if you're if you're none the wiser or you don't know any better and you read that, you think that you've been had and you don't realize that that's sure might not hold up throughout the clause to uh, quiet, quiet you before a a storm can even be thought thought about. But as we've stated, we are not licensed uh, attorneys. um, There are pros and cons to both between an AIA and a a private party contract, as as Brandon's just explained. But if you do get into an AIA, it is very wise, um, even if you do have experience with it, to, to have a, uh, an attorney review uh, the contract before you enter into it. Commercial Cash Flow Show.